Welcome to the place where we like to sprinkle a little bit of glitter to get you feeling good and a little gossip because we just can't live without it. I am your host, Kelly Hutchinson Shapley, and this is Glitter and Gossip. So we got a full house this afternoon. We've got my girl, Jen Myers. What's up? <laughs> We've got Kelly M. with Guilty Until Proven Fabulous. Hello, hello. And I got my girl, Miss Christy Langua. Hey, y'all. And we have a special guest tonight. We have Michael from LSU. That's right. Hi. So how are you doing tonight? I'm all right. Thank you very much. So Michael, tell us all about you. Tell us about your story and what you are doing to get here on Glitter and Gossip. Let us know all about you. Sure. Well, I'm currently I'm like a second year PhD student in music theory, but I don't really like to introduce myself like that anymore because I'm actually withdrawing from LSU at the yeah. end of the semester. Screw them. Yeah. <laughs> um, instead, I'd like to say that uh, I'm a performance artist. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in this like very weird stage of my life where I'm making like a lot of really big life decisions and everything. Um, both of my parents are recently deceased, actually. Um, my father passed away my first year of undergrad, and my mother passed away last year. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. Yeah, yeah. I recently lost my dad. I say recently, but it still feels like it happened yesterday. My Yeah, 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 yeah. Like uh, six years, like it feels like, yeah, yesterday, basically. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've, like, my life has changed so much recently. Like, I've just been thrown into this situation where I have an unparalleled amount of agency that I've never had before. Um, like, uh, I own a home. That's me. Yeah, congratulations. 25 years yeah. old or whatever. Yeah. That's but awesome. But mm-hmm. I've never, like, really wanted a home, though. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, like, one of those stupid millennials that's just It happens. Look, real I own a salon, and I never really wanted <laughs> to own a salon. It happens. Yeah. We just... You don't have to grow up all the way. Yeah, you yeah. just... Yeah, it's like all of a sudden you wake up and you have a bunch of stuff, and you're like, oh, I, know. I didn't even know I going be, in this yeah, direction. Yeah, where'd I even get all this stuff? Yeah. But uh, recently, this this past summer, I uh, I asked myself, along with like a very dear colleague of mine, we were um, they were telling me so many things about like their lives and some things that they're going through, and uh, they asked me when was the last time that I felt creative, and I honestly could not tell them, and I feel like this is what academia has done to me, um, and so whatever I'm doing right now, I know it's not. I don't want to be doing academia. And that's why I've decided to withdraw. I'm actually going to move to Cincinnati where I did my master's um, and I'll uh, do performance art and everything. Um, that's awesome. Cincinnati's a beautiful place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. absolutely wonderful. It's a wonderful art community there. Yeah. yeah. But like, uh, I asked myself, like, what do I want to do with my life? And uh, I want to help people. I want to do things that makes like differences in the world you know um and right now like publishing articles on the minutia of music theory is not what <laughs> right what is, like, it's not changing, changing the world, world for yeah. you it's yeah. brilliant but yeah i see what you're saying you need yeah. more out of it there are like so many problems we all recognize as problems but we sort of just like continue to play that game and everything like like climate change of course and then like 
um, like mass shootings, like there's one every like bloody day in this country, and then mm-hmm. um, also just generally like clothing and uh, clothing's like a really big problem to me, um, and it's something that I'm actually addressing with my first work, um, which is uh, what I was telling uh, Jennifer about. I actually just came to Article and Thread and uh, was soliciting. I'm soliciting local Baton Rouge businesses for donations of clothing. Um, because this work that I'm doing um, at LSU, I can describe it real quick. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Absolutely. We'd love to know. What I'll do is I will stand in the middle of the LSU parade grounds. It's like a big open space and everything. And I will be surrounded by four clothing racks. And like the clothing racks are like arranged in a square. And then like, like they're full of clothes marketed to men, marketed to women, marketed to non-binary people. And uh, I will change outfits um, in public. Um, you'll be able to see like my bust and like my lower legs and everything, but you can't see anything else. And uh, I'll do this for eight hours a day, um, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And I'll do it for one week. Um, it's like an endurance work. And the work is called clothing work. Yeah. And I'm basically asking questions. Do clothes work? And who do clothes work for? And uh, if clothes don't work for you, why should you have to work to get your clothes and everything? Like there's like so many dynamics to this. The symbolism here is that uh, I identify like as a gender, and uh, like all pronouns are fine with me. You can use whatever pronouns you want. Um, but for me, I never have found a look where somebody says, "Oh yeah, that person's pretty a gender," you know, like like yeah. that person's genderless or something, mm-hmm. right? So clothes don't work for me, and so my work every day is like wearing clothes that don't work for me so I'm sort of just like stuck and so in this piece I'm actually just stuck in this box of clothes and everything while everybody else around me is passing both like literally and figuratively they get to pass like by me but then they also get to pass in terms of their gender expression by what clothes they wear and everything this is a struggle that many like genderqueer individuals have all the time and then also this is a protest kind of of the uh, clothing industries that market to men and market to women, but not to non-binary people. Like, so where do like non-binary people go in like a department store? Uh, instead, they go to like the women's section where they're just like, oh, maybe you shouldn't be here. Like, why are you, why are you in this section? Or like pretty woman you. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Um, and so, uh, and then also like um, clothing industries that like don't make their selections like size inclusive. Um, that's like an ostracization of people who are not fitting the ideal body type and stuff. People are like too skinny or too like large or something or too tall or too small or something. And so all these problems, like we know they exist. And the only reason people don't do anything to prevent them is because they're not like the most profitable, like business decisions and stuff. But then again, like it makes you like sort of like reflect on like the sort of immorality of a lot of clothing industries and stuff is they're just really in it to make a profit Mm. when when people's lives are being changed by the clothes that they wear is there any companies that are offering clothing for people like you so we have like found so many companies that like there's like one company called tomboy x they offer completely gender neutral um like underwear and intimates and everything there's also the fluid project in new york which markets itself as like the first gender neutral clothing store um however um 
it's like 35 or 40 dollars for like a t-shirt yeah yeah and um selection is basically like really limited their sizes are not the most expensive and basically everything's like super duper expensive right and uh i don't know about you but um if you're already being like ostracized from society for being like queer or something in some way you're probably not going to have like the most like tip top amazing like job that's like paying you so much bank you don't know what to do with it um hmm. so like instead what we need to be focusing on is changing the culture around clothing um not just like giving these people a market and by the way oh yeah new york right so that means these nice genderqueer people in louisiana or something like mm-hmm. um, what are they supposed to do like of yeah. course order online they don't get to go to the department store where regular people right. shop and stuff yeah yeah, it's a it's a it's a it's a really interesting uh, work that I'm doing. I hope that people, whenever they see me, they have this sort of like embodied experience where they see somebody taking off clothes, attempting to do that thing that everybody does in the morning and everybody does at night. They try and find themselves and they say, "Okay, I think I look like myself right now," but this person in the performance, me. Um, I'm never really finding myself and I'm just stuck in that sort of habit of doing this over and over and over again and stuff. Yeah. I think it sounds pretty powerful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I know. It really does. And I'm always the one with the beef with everything. I'm sure Jennifer didn't tell me who you were or what you were doing, probably because she was going to think that I'd be like, what? Close. You know, but uh, I think that you're doing a powerful movement. I think that that's amazing. But there's... Are you trying to get people within the fashion industry here to change their stores? Or are you just trying to make shine light on a huge problem? I think it's more the latter and something else as well. Um, I definitely don't believe without any sort of direct action, which would be like um, a petition to a specific industry with like public protests Mm. and like visible like uh, people like taking to the streets and stuff without that kind of direct action um nothing's really going to change somebody just doing like an artwork in like the middle of a field is not going to change anything however what this will do is continually put into the conversation in a public sphere um the idea that things are not right with the way we go about our daily lives and judging people by the way that they're dressed um no matter if somebody is dressed in such a way that they are expressing their gender identity, that doesn't mean that they can do that at all times. And that doesn't mean they should have to do that at all times. Everybody should literally be able to wear whatever the hell they want. Right. Right. All the time. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm big on that. Yeah, I, I wear whatever I want whenever. Yeah. What if you do wear should not be a reflection of your socioeconomic status. It should not be a reflection of your race, of your gender, of your sex, of your um, culture or anything. You know, you like people like clothes are something that we have to do. And so we should like liberate ourselves in that regard, which is sort of like why right now I know that I exhibit like a lot of privilege as like a very male passing person. Um, but instead, like as my position, like, LSU, I'm like a TA and everything. Um, I purposefully dress in a way that makes me kind of like visibly queer, even though like I'm agender. I'm also asexual. I don't really like I'm not into sex or whatever. But like, uh, if I can do one thing to let people know that it's okay to be who you are, it's maybe like wear a dress like right, right now or something. 
and that lets people know oh like michael got to wear like hoops oh my gosh <laughs> like i can do that i mm-hmm. can be myself and everything yeah so it's almost like setting the trend of being who the hell you want to be precisely yeah. and no one should care i mean i get i get looked at I mean, just look what I'm wearing right now. Like, and I have three kids. One of them goes to Southeastern. And I pick up a baby or two babies from a private Christian school Mm. every day. So I get the ugly stares and glares and being 16 and pregnant, you know, like I've been judged by everyone for my, uh, since I was 17 years old for what I'm wearing or what is, what is she wearing? She's, she's got a kid that, well, she must be a complete slut, you know, because she's, Showing her midriff, and she's was sixteen and pregnant. You know, so I totally get that. Judgment. What is the solution here? So the the, the solution would be that um, everyone would quit judging everyone, and people would just. I think that's where I, mean, I think that's kind of the that direction that society is opening their eyes to. And you know, just for instance, we had a conversation about pads, maxi pad, yesterday about them being a non-feminine product. You know, always is not a feminine product anymore. It is just a product, you know, like things like that. I think that, and I personally wasn't really for that because I have all these organs and I feel like it is feminine to have a period and it is something that I deal with as a woman. But just something as as simple as that company making that, you know, stand, I think that society is changing you know to benefit people like you mm-hmm. no sure it's yeah. just going to be small steps just like legalizing um gay marriage and mm-hmm. you know like that was small steps but i mean now it's a right that you have and no one can take that because mm-hmm. i just want ev- right. everyone to get what they want though you know like there's what, no way that that'll why, ever happen you know i don't know why not because someone's always going to be an asshole <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, that's true. <clears throat> to say but, it in definitely like the simplest, straight form, there's always going to be assholes. And someone's always going to say something negative. Something someone always will. Someone's going to be offended yeah. about you because they. Okay, for instance, if I owned a if boutique, if anything's different, if I owned a boutique and this was passed, saying, okay, well, I have to now, you know, have all these items for this, these people as well, then these boutiques, you know, are like. I have a dream. I want to be a designer. Well, now that I'm having to design so many, I have to have, you know, this size, this size, this size, this size. It's, I feel like in a, in a mm-hmm. sense, it's going to take away a lot of that art from people because they're not going to be able to afford to produce for a man, for, you know, gender neutral, for women. Or like people know. should just have the choice to produce for whoever they want, though. Yeah, people yeah. should yeah. have like, that choice. That. I mean, and I think, it not people should be producing for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think like uh, too like it's it's a uh, it's a huge market. We too. we have so many like preconceptions about what is a female body and what is a male body and everything. But however, there are many uh, women without breasts, and this is something that we all like know as a as a fact. However, we of course know that clothing designers typically, as they create their clothes, create room in the chest area. The same thing with like men, like like. Um, male underwear is like one of the like most hilarious things in the world. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Whitey tidies that will crack me up. <laughs> but even like a company like, I think a company like MeUndies, which is like it just I don't know if you've heard like wonderful company. Like check it out. What they've done is not necessarily compromise the design of the um, underwear that they create, but rather the marketing 
campaign that they have. They literally show people of every body size, um, now up to 4XL and down to XS xx small i think whatever and then they also show people with like uneven tans like have you ever uh, seen a model oh my god they did that yeah <laughs> with an uneven tan models, yeah that's, yeah models that's like crossing scars, the lines you yeah. know like that's actually something i don't think i've ever thought about but now that you say it yeah. it's like oh wow yeah it's like it's you've never even, seen that it's not even just like color as in like race it's like we're like some like we're all multicolored, yeah. as it were but you just know? like imperfections yeah or just get get the idea of perfect and imperfections out of your head that's it right and like that's how our language right now is that like oh those are the imperfections those are the natural the most natural parts of our body right you know yeah and to say that we can now market to somebody with stretch marks, you know, we market to somebody um, that, that's basically normal because mm-hmm. these are the normal people and everything. And so, like, MeUndies is doing that sort of, like, it's, it's, and again, it's a kind of radical move and, like, they're really, like, stupid progressive and everything, California-based company and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that sort of thing is what is happening. And then also showing um, non-heterosexual and non-cisgendered uh, couples like on their stuff and everything and also hey like mm-hmm. here's like a little dog scarf and everything you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're also like, cute yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah um but i think these like type of small changes that jennifer you were talking about and everything that's actually what clothing mark is as big as a production it is as it is mm-hmm. what i'm uh doing i didn't uh, say this part is um by soliciting baton rouge businesses for donations of clothing um i'm also um, putting out boxes around my lsu campus and everything and also having like friends and colleagues donate lots of clothes and everything but um all the clothes that i collect um will be used in the performance as much as i can like i won't wear anything well, like I won't like damage the clothing by like putting something that's way too small for me or whatever. Um, but after the performance, hopefully the day immediately after the performance, I will actually take all the clothes to um, Youth Oasis. I don't know if you like it. No, it's a it's a nonprofit here in Baton Rouge and everything. And amongst many of the other services that they offer to young people in Baton Rouge, they offer um, free slash like low income housing to eighteen to twenty four year old. Um, queer, non-binary, and trans youths who are experiencing homelessness, um, like if they're like being kicked out of their homes after coming out or something like this, or like they they get out like they get out of their houses like after eighteen and they don't really know where to go and everything. They can't like they, like they're denied housing maybe from some places mm. and stuff. Illegal. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, one of the problems that they specifically face is that they're attempting to apply for jobs they're attempting to get their GED or something Mm -hmm. like that and they sort of like need more professional clothing than just jeans and Mm t-shirts and stuff so hopefully this will be like a drive to give them some clothing that not only they can use for this purpose but then also clothing that just matches their gender identity um if you're homeless it's probably obvious that you don't have like a lot of just like disposable income to go buy a whole new set of clothing that that you feel Mm -hmm. like really represents you in some way Mm -hmm. and stuff and go get a job yeah i um i want to say i love what you're doing now that i really understand it in the sense of talking about you being you know figuring out how to become more creative and everything else um i think a lot of people don't realize when you're doing your makeup even if it's a simple routine or your skincare or how you get dressed in the morning or you know whether or not you shave your legs or what kind of style you're going to wear your hair and that it's like the rawest and most upfront form of expression Mm -hmm. and to not be able 
to express yourself in the mm. purest form that way, I think, is an injustice to people. So I, mm. now now that I really understand what you're doing, I love it. That's because so I mean, sweet. yeah, because I mean, like I, you know, my whole life is creative. Our whole life is creative. You know, mm. we can do I just hair, say you do... all look like absolutely fabulous today. Oh, thank you, liar. Just a little hungover. It's fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was my birthday. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So I mean, like you know, like I live. We all live in a creative world. That's what we do all day. And I mean, there's business sides to it, but. All day we just create, we figure out different ways to paint a picture on some form of canvas, whether it be giving somebody fashion advice or teaching somebody to do their makeup or changing up our own routine mm -hmm. or doing their hair in a different way yeah. to make them feel, you know, more fabulous. Yeah. Or, you know, I know I'm not scared and I know these girls aren't either to go when we're shopping and we're looking at a shirt and we're like, oh, never wear that. But I mean, I don't know. I'm looking pretty good in it. And just being able to go out and do mm -hmm. it and feel comfortable. And ha yeah. And skin. having that. Mm -hmm. so. And to be able to access all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So well, it's like whenever I wear hats and stuff, people always come up to me and they're like, I love your hat. I wish I had the confidence to wear those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, you got to do it. I'm like, does it take confidence to wear a hat? I know. I just, I just like it. Does. It. I bought I it and mm -hmm. I wear it. I know. I don't care. We don't even think about it's it. It's a like, statement never, piece on your head. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I, I wish mm -hmm. they. Well, I wish I could have more. whenever I was in school for merchandising, um, there was like a history of dress class or something, and I remember like the first day, we learned um, there's like three or four reasons why we even put clothes on. Mm -hmm. And one of them is protection, you know, like sort of with like the loincloth, you know, you got to protect your genitals or whatever, you know, whatever. Well, yes. Protect, you yes, know, your, your, I skin, agree, I agree. your skin, yeah. you know, so protection. Another one is uh, religious reasons. And then another one would be adornment, which is what we all think of. You know, you're decorating your body. It's a form of expression. And it really, really, truly is yeah. everyone what you put on your body yeah you're expressing yourself that's what I, and that's what i'm saying i think that like a lot of people you know you do it every day it's just monotonous mm -hmm. you put pants on you put your shirt on so i mean i know for me i stand in my closet every morning and i'm like uh, even yeah. if i you know and i'm just you know feel it out do i feel like just you know being chill today maybe a little sweater or do i feel like getting dressed up let me put these nice pants on let me put this really cute shirt on but i think it's so monotonous and you know people that don't get to live in that creative world every day lose the sight of that yeah. and then in turn lose themselves and kind of are just dressing with like oh you know this is this is the appropriate version of what i should be and so that's why i really do love what you have going on because it's i mean it's just the easiest form of expression and creativity is getting dressed but you lose that yeah, and it's good for your soul you know whenever you well i feel like it you're Whenever you're not able to be yourself, you start losing, you know, self-esteem, your body image, like how you view yourself. If you can't find something to wear, like you start hating yourself. Yeah. It happens to me almost every morning in my life. I'll have my closet organized beautifully mm -hmm. and then I'll get home from work and realize that I ran through like 15 mm -hmm. pairs of jeans that morning trying to find something because we all have this image in our heads of what we're supposed to look like and how you know people are supposed to view us and it's you're right it's by the makeup that i put on my face it's by you know me doing my hair it's by what i am putting on my body and, and sort of decoration yeah and it, it makes me feel pretty but if you know i didn't have that that you know if i wasn't an easy to dress woman mm. you know mm. like i was 100 pounds overweight before you know like and it was hard for me 
there was, I, I was stuck in maternity clothes after having a baby for a whole year, you know, like, and then back in maternity clothes and having another one, you know, and after that, the aftermath, you know, like, I didn't, there was nothing in between because, you know, I was yeah, just, the industry my body says, image. yeah, this way, yeah, like, or that way. And I was torn down by it, you know, and I, I decided to make a change for myself, whatever, but like, it hurts me to know that there's so many people out there that feel the way that maybe that I felt in that lowest point in my yeah, life. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like those days that you like just destroy your closet, trying to put something on, and you and like, hate your body and all that. It's never like, not gone somewhere because yeah. you know, yeah, you tried like seven outfits and now right. you're crying. So and like, you're just like, I hate yeah. me. I'm not going yeah. anymore. Whatever like, I felt in that moment, like it could be times a hundred for some people. Oh, one. Like, it could be like every day. Debilitating yeah. thing yeah. that like you, you don't even want to go get a job. You don't even want to go out or anything. You don't want Absolutely. people to see because you. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And one last thing about what's really important about what you're doing is I think that there are a lot of people out there that don't even realize the weight that sits on them every day and that small little you know piece of depression that just hangs back there mm. that you don't you may not realize that this is why yeah with you know so you coming out and saying you know you, we need this we need people to be able to put that piece of clothing on we need people to be able to feel comfortable because the more confident you are the more productive you are in your own life well and without that confidence and, you know, like it does, it does hinder your ability to get your feet out of your bed in the morning. You know, it does. Like I, whenever I, I'm two different people, I was this girl at one point, I'm this girl today. And it's way easier being who I am today than it was being the girl I was three years ago. And it was so hard and it, it was like degrading to me to try to shop. And I understand that. And I think that this movement is just very powerful, and I'm very proud of you. Oh, my gosh. That's so very sweet. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm -hmm. there's going to be people that are like, what the hell is that, you know? And then you, need you a, just have just to need to be reminded. Yeah. They oh, yeah. felt like shit but, before. Yeah. It's always a certified that, around. And, you know, maybe they won't have some epiphany or anything, but the more exposure, you know, that people get in, if you make them feel uncomfortable and get them to think and see things that, you know, like that they... Yeah. don't see all the time you know to just get them to think outside of the box yeah and i think it's not right now because of where we're at we you have to go out and you have to make statements you have to keep the conversation rolling but i think as far as you know people not having epiphanies and stuff i think that we're kind of where i'm at just like with thinking through the whole process of just outside of just clothing but just you know moving progressively forward mm -hmm. in general is it's not necessarily about me wanting to change your opinion mm -hmm. it's more me changing the norm yeah showing yeah. that so there that can be other you opinions. may not agree with this right or you may not choose to dress or do or act in this way i just want you to be okay that it's happening yeah well i was raised by a very strict racist sexist like country ass cajun people from a vols parish okay mm -hmm. so being the person that i am today it's kind of like amazing, you know, that I love black people and I love Asian people and I love all people. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't allowed to you love anybody but white people. And then after doing DNA, I'm not even really white. So that's what's amazing. <laughs> but like I wasn't allowed to have black friends. Like not really. I wasn't allowed to have gay friends. 
if someone did something sexual, they weren't allowed, I wasn't allowed to hang out with them anymore, you know, like, and I was raising my children kind of, well, my oldest daughter, who's 18, I did kind of raise her like that. And then I did have an epiphany and I told her, I was like, Anjali, I don't care if you have a girlfriend, um, a Asian boyfriend, a black boyfriend, I don't care if it's who it is or what it is. What I care at the bottom line is for you to be happy. But that was me telling her that. And that was recent was like so big for me because no one ever told me that. And I wasn't freed in that way to where I had an option. And like, you know, when I was 16 and pregnant, abortion wasn't an option. I mean, I could have gone behind my parents back and, and did that and you know, whatever, but just I didn't have any options, you know, growing up with a family that way. So I feel like just with every movement that has come and mm-hmm. with everything that has changed it's in my life, good. it's changed me and it's changed the way that I think. And it's, I guess the way that I was raised now is a little bit silly to me and old fashioned. And my husband, you know, he's a little old fashioned. I'm like, no, we don't say that. No, we don't. Like, no, you, yes, you can love that little brown boy. Yeah. If that little brown boy is the one you want to chase in kindergarten, catch him, baby. Like, yeah. chase him. Mm-hmm. And my husband isn't really for that, but I don't give a shit because I don't want my children to be raised ignorant. So, I mean, <laughs> if I can. Yes. And, and look, no, preach. And look, and this is like new. This yeah. is new. This is me becoming an adult finally and having my own opinion finally and stop letting my dad you know who's not with me anymore you know he didn't care anymore he died of cancer at the end of the day he was had a good relationship with god he died of cancer and he didn't care who you were what color you were what gender what you know nothing he didn't care about anything but he loved everyone he loved god and he loved you know, just everything. His heart was filled, you know, and seeing him that way changed me because I felt like I was allowed, like my dad said it was okay for me to love everybody. So I finally could, but it took, it took a crazy, horrible thing for him to get to that point. I know I don't want to cry. And for him to allow me to live my life without ignorance anymore. And that was a blessing. Right, I love that. Right out of the right out. Thank you all enough for like being so open to share these things. Like it's just like so powerful that you're putting this like oh my gosh like in the open like this. Yeah, I um I can really relate to that as well. I know because yeah, my dad's (laughs) very my dad is like the best way to describe like the person my dad is like the movie The Godfather. Like that's my he's quiet. He's scary. He doesn't like people that don't look like him or act like him or think like him he is and he is mean and he loves me but he is mean and that's a different generation though oh yeah i mean and i mean my grandma was that way my grandma raised him well he nothing well so he'd been like that my whole life and um i'm very go i don't give a shit about anything (laughs) i'm very and i've always been like that and then it was always weird to me because he put me when I it really changed when I went to high school and they I had I changed schools and he put me in a predominantly black high school. And I was always I remember being in school and being like, well, this is you know weird for you to do this. But all right. Yeah. And I mean, I loved my high school experience. I had a great high school with lots of friends. It was a good time. But um, as I got older, uh, like my my boyfriend, now we've been together three years. He's black. And um, 
it was really, really scary <laughs> telling my dad that we were together. Um, we were together probably like eight months before I even ever told my dad. Well, what happened with him was my stepmom passed away two and a half years ago now. And that probably softened everything. It changed everything about him. In the same way, you know, how, you know, your dad was going through that. He, he blessed me on his way out. Yeah. And I mean, that's, and I remember literally when I'm sitting there having the conversation with my dad telling him, you know, this is what it, I'm starting to cry because I'm like, God, he's never going to talk to me again. And because um, he's, he's been a great father to me. He just needs to work on his own personal things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, guys, oh, just never going to talk to me again. But I was like, I have to tell him. It is what it is. My mom's always been really cool about it. And I've literally, since I was in high school, my mom's been like, so what are you going to do? Like, she's like, I don't care what you do, but like, what do you, you know, when you get married? And I was like, and I've always told her, you know, if dad doesn't want to walk me down the aisle and he doesn't have to. Well, so finally, after we had been together for like eight months and I was like, you know, this is serious, serious. Like we're going to be together for a long time at least, you know, if not forever, we'll be together for a while, enough for him to know him. So I'm telling him, and literally what he tells me is he's like, you know, ever since, her name was Dorothy, she was like, ever since Dorothy passed away, I've really been trying to change some things about myself. And so it was just like the most like, and then I'm crying harder. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that. And it's just crazy that you have to tell your parents that you're dating a black guy. Like yeah, you, you have to be that afraid. You have to like come oh, out. Oh, I literally, I literally told people I would rather tell my dad I was gay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how it was. Yeah. I mean, if I were dating a black guy, I just would have brought him home. I would have just thrown my parents into it. Yeah. You know, but like, I know you yeah. know your parents better and you know you needed to prep them. But for my family, like, why do I have to prep you on the fact that Because you're different? you're strong and your family yeah. allowed you okay but you were raised differently to well, christy because not really i my parents were i know that and but they're just cooler and, well it's because i didn't care yeah. and i forced them to i forced it on them and i mean i went to a few dances with a few black guys who were my friends and stuff like that and i just, yeah i wouldn't tell them and they would just see it mm. and you know, my dad, my mom wouldn't say anything, but my dad would have something to say. And I was like, I don't like, it's still a person. Yeah. Don't be ugly to my friend. Yeah. But it's like when Jules was at school talking about one of her little friends and she said his name and I, I was like, what, what does he look like? And I was like, is he darker or, you know, just trying to get a feel for like the kids in her class. Cause I don't care. And she was like, huh? Like she didn't get it. She didn't understand that I was asking what color. What color yeah. he was. You know what that yeah. shows though? That shows that we teach the kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like society said, teaches. Yeah. And as soon as she said, What? What do you mean? And I was like, Nothing. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. You know, because I mean, coming up the way we did, because I'm from Lafayette, Boyles Parish is over there too. We're still working on it. Yeah. You know, because it is ingrained in us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think was, everybody should be always working on yeah. you know, that. And I mean, I still, I know I still have to work at it sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, damn it. That was really ugly. You know? But or like a thought, I mean, yeah. It's always a thought. I never yeah, yeah. outwardly mm -hmm. say anything. But yeah, like after she said, huh? What are you talking about? Yeah, you're like, well. I was like, nothing. Yeah. Never mind. I don't know. 
And I think it's important to realize, too, that, you know, in the same way that your dad changed his mind and my dad changed his mind and your family's just like, you know, whatever. That's just they're, Christy. Yeah, they're just getting <laughs> over it. Is that... People are evolving. Yeah, that you ever, you can change. You can yeah. you can take who you were conditioned to be and you can evolve and it's never too late. To. It's yeah, never yeah, too... Let's just not spread it more. Yeah. You know, like, we'll start... It's never yeah, too late. Is, it's yeah. never too early. You can change your mind on things and i mean like that's my dad's a completely different person than i've ever known him to be like ever my whole life we have to remember that we're the future we are the grown-ups our grown-ups are dying i mean our your parents aren't gonna last forever and then we're gonna be those people so what we think and how our brains are working is what the youth and the next leaders of america are going to be you know so we have to be open-minded and we have to otherwise the world's never going to yeah. change but Accepting i do think judgmental yeah but i do feel as though it is changing a lot just with my dad with kelly's dad these are hardcore mm-hmm. assholes you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> like yeah. hardcore my dad would be like hello if it's kelly there what are you black like what what the f- what the fuck dad like for real <laughs> like gosh uh, yeah. Ebonics is in style give me the phone you know like it didn't matter what color they were my dad if you had any type of hello you know are you black what are you doing call about it i'm like what the hell like are you kidding like my like boom head explodes but like to see that man hug and kiss black people and me- mexican people Okay. Yeah. Because literally, I saw my dad hug and kiss black and Mexican people, and those people came and saw him to the day he died. Were there the day he died? My God, and fed him and loved him and showed him what unconditional love was and changed that man. In God, it was probably six months from the time we found out he had cancer until the time he died. Mm. Literally changed. And just changed that whole man. Yeah. And it was amazing experience. And I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to witness that, even though it really aggravated me having all of those people around (laughs) all the time because my dad was dying. Their dad. I don't know what your dad's doing, but my dad's on his deathbed right now. I would like for you all to leave. No offense, you know, but to see him, you know, change so quickly and have a heart that I never thought he could have so quickly makes me feel like what you're doing can be done and the movement that you're making is happening and i'm just i think that it's very possible and you're going to do great and i think that people people are going to change there's always going to be an asshole Mm -hmm. they're never going to go away there's always going to be somebody that's going to buck the system Mm -hmm. but people are you're going to affect people but even the people that don't seem to be affected by what you're doing in that moment um it's still planting a seed you know, mm-hmm. so. And it's not just here either. Um, when I move um, after this, I intend to move to Cincinnati to do performance yeah. art and everything. Uh, I'll do this performance again um, in the same type of community where I like, I just reach out to businesses and say, let's reload, like redistribute these clothes, these clothes that have been marketed to people and not marketed to certain people. Send these clothes to people that need them and like literally do this little small act of like charity as it were to giving to people as a way of like doing this change actively 
um, I know that it's just like one person doing something and um, and I guess like social media is going to help me out. You can do like hashtag clothing work and everything. You can follow me on Instagram at me Dobby Hayden and everything. But it's just like um, this is all that I can do as an artist and everything, um, which is uh, more than I feel like that I was doing as a music theorist or whatever. Yeah. So your uh, story just in general is really powerful for your own self because and I think that's what's going to I think that's what's going to push you even further than just this place or, you know, that I, because one, just the things you've been through, people can obviously relate to, which is amazing. And then the fact that you are making a decision to withdraw out of school, which is something that you've worked on for so long and you're, you know, this isn't, this isn't my life path anymore. This isn't what I wanted. That's a huge mm, decision. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank and you. there's people suffering with wanting to make that same decision, yes. but don't you're setting a serious example because I, I, I mean, I, like I stopped, I dropped out of school to do what I wanted to do. So I definitely wasn't there that long, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, but the reality is, is once again, it's never too late to make a choice for what you want to do. And it's okay to decide to be a different person than you once were. It's okay to say, I I mean, I know I've been in school for almost 10 years, but this just isn't it. Yeah. This isn't it. I'm, what am I going to keep working for nothing? And that I mean that I think that's what makes me love you yeah. oh my gosh thank you. Um, but yeah no I mean I think that's that's an important part of your story is how long you've been in school and what you were doing and then the epiphany you had and the decision you made to be another person or to take mm-hmm. another life path yeah 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 mm-hmm. sure, sure it's awesome yeah. takes a lot of courage yeah can I say something too um I'm just like so like I'm just like admiring you all so much for this like amount of reflectivity that you've all been like able to do with like you're talking about the relationship that you've had with your parents and everything um if i could just share i actually never came out to my parents in any way really? yeah like uh i'm i'm an atheist i'm vegetarian i'm uh asexual agender panromantic and everything like a, a whole bunch of like non-normative words essentially <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the words that i'm yeah. like trying to figure out heck? how to use properly what to not heck? piss anybody off <laughs> still human? I mean, really. but um after my father passed away it was like like my first year of undergrad i was still finding who i was basically and everything and the last thing i wanted to do was tell my mother that yeah. i'm interested in vegetarianism you know or that i'm in like you know really not into sex at all or that i'm like i don't really feel like a man or a woman or whatever you know did you grow up in a were they very straight they were forward people yeah, yeah, yeah. he's okay. from I'm, mississippi yeah, oh. columbus mississippi and everything my father was in the air force met my mother in thailand oh and everything yeah. uh my is another like whole dynamic to the story my yeah. uh, mother was a resident alien from thailand um she was illiterate and she could not drive Whoa. um so i actually like drove back um, from Hattiesburg, Mississippi to Columbus, Mississippi every weekend to take care of her. Um, and then when I moved to Cincinnati, I actually continued driving back just oh, like man. every other weekend. Um, it was about an eight-hour drive love. and stuff. Um, this was eventually like really taxing on my mental health. I didn't mm-hmm. know how, yeah. how much it would be later, but uh, I knew I actually had to move closer. And that's why I came to LSU, actually. LSU is the closest PhD program in music theory to Columbus, Mississippi. But last year, my mother uh, passed away. And so, yeah. So. I'm so sorry. And I know that Thank must you. have been a huge loss to you because she was so involved in your life for so long. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then probably more, way more so after your father passed away. Yeah, yeah. And it, w- it was always that thing that I think something, as much as we like talk about what the future is and everything, we cannot 
at the same time forget about now and the past that um people in later stages of their lives have so much to teach us Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. there's so much respect that we need to give them Mm -hmm. um and giving them this amount of stress i felt like it was it it would have been the most immoral thing to tell my mom like i'm asexual or something and like have to explain this to somebody part of a different Mm -hmm. culture part of a different time and everything and Mm -hmm. so it was like a kind of like a sacrifice for me just personally mm-hmm. that could could I just like put my life on hold for that moment and stuff yeah um but but at the same time I think that there are so many people who aren't again I, I try and reflect on like my own privilege who don't have this time in their lives when things are just too much for them and they resort to you know like the most unspeakable things of suicide and like self-harm and and like uh all these other things like you know, drugs yeah drugs That's the and, worst one yeah God. all this other stuff that just like really tears people down mm-hmm. and these are the people the people that we sort of like group into these like categories of just like oh you like uneducated or mm-hmm. like a low socioeconomic status or just like a you know drug addicted or something that are actually being affected by these decisions of do they have clothes that reflect them or do they have like a life where they can be themselves where they can make choices to improve their lives in whatever way they want to Mm. yeah i've been like whenever i was growing up we were really poor Mm. like really really poor like for real poor and i never went shopping my first mall experience was at i think like jc penny no sears we didn't we didn't actually walk in we went into sears Mm. i got me some jeans and a t-shirt and i was like probably going into high school and we didn't have uniforms so it was like Mm hand-me-downs and like i would fray my own jeans like get super creative if if it it needed to be if i throw some bleach on it if i needed to Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean like i had to be creative to you know kind of in the same way that you did because i didn't have those resources either and i'm so i feel so lucky to be able to go into a store and shop and buy something and feel beautiful in it but when i was a child I didn't have that luxury either and it's I guess hitting home with me a lot more than you know I thought that this would but Mm -hmm. it really does and I totally understand it's just crazy I think that that's the the real power in all the work that you do which I I, like I'm I'm like a music theorist (laughs) like (laughs) and that me that I'm stepping into clothing industry as in in terms of the art and performance world is like just me this is like my first time doing this or whatever but let me just like like fact check this room real quick you all literally do some of the most important professions in the world and i cannot i cannot put that in like strongly enough people like literally define themselves whether whether they should or not Hmm. based on some amount of their appearance Mm -hmm. oh yeah that you can change somebody's life by giving them like a makeover by doing their hair by giving them clothes that they feel work for them mm. right like that like i've seen people just like completely like cry like just like after getting like a haircut and especially mm. like if you talk and these are like normative bodies but if you talk about like non-normative bodies or something like yeah. like somebody with cancer or something getting like a, a wig that finally like oh my gosh like i can be normal again you know i can have that sort of like yeah. normalcy i mean like so like these professions that you know again are relegated to this position of just like oh my gosh that's work of these certain people you know and mm-hmm. stuff like that you know i've also and kelly i'm sure has christy too 
women that are lesbian. Is that a right? Can I say that lesbian anymore? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to piss anybody off. Yeah. <laughs> but people, women that are lesbians, I've had hair to their ass <laughs> their whole lives. Will yeah. come in and be like, I want a lady fade. Yes. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, we've done that. Mm-hmm. You know, we've chopped off people's ponies. Yeah, you know, yes. it. It is. we've chopped it's, off their ponies. It's liberating for me. We line them <laughs> yeah. up. You know, like, we gave them you up. Yeah, we do. And I, seeing people are like Chrissy. She's been working on this guy who wants a mullet. You know, and it's so every, much fun. He's enjoying it. He's Make enjoying him it. Air it out in the wind. <laughs> an American flag shaking. <laughs> you have to nurture the mullet. Something like burning in the background. Or, yeah. yeah. You, 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 talk, to, you talk sweet to the mullet. Right. You, you tell it it's pretty. You it. have to use those tiny hands. <laughs> I, like, I told him that, and he. Thought I like he at first thought I was serious. Next time he comes in, I want to think I want to do the tiny hand on it. I don't know. I'm kind of being serious. You got to talk sweet to it like you talked. Oh, no. I told him that. I was like, you have to, like, it's like a plant. You have to talk to it. (laughs) I I, I do, do, um, Instagram, like, updates on it. (laughs) (laughs) I update people on the mullet. And I share it. (laughs) Well, it's a little emotional today. Even though it's on a guy, (laughs) his mullet's a she. And she's doing great. Mm-hmm. So nice. next time he comes in, she should be nice and long. And yeah, yeah it's going to be amazing. Yeah. I feel like I refer to most things as she. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I say, I say I've always had everything. girl dogs, too. So I'd say yeah. she a lot. Women power. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I just yeah. I refer to everything as she. So, Michael, when is your project? Where is it going to be located? You said on campus. And how can people follow you and follow this movement? Gotcha. So the project is going to be November 12th through the 18th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. each day um, on the LSU parade grounds. Um, It's this big open space Mm -hmm. and Mm you can't miss it and everything. Um, You can follow me at me, Davi Hayden, M-I-D-A-V-I-H-A-Y-D-E-N on Instagram um, and you can uh, use the hashtag clothing work and everything. And if you want to donate clothes, you can always donate clothes to the Women's Center on LSU's campus and everything. Uh, and uh, yeah, I would appreciate any kind of help, even just like like coming to see the work mm-hmm. and everything or just like telling people about it, that it's going on and Good. stuff. Yeah, we'll cool. definitely do that. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to clean out my closet. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I gave him a... Uh, Whenever he was in here the other day, I was like, "What size are you?" Yeah. He's like eleven. I'm like, "I got you, bro." So I went and grabbed these amazing sparkle shoes from Debbie's. And I can't yeah. thank Did you enough, Jennifer. Yeah, yeah uh, was it? Yeah, was it Saturday? Yeah, I think it was Saturday. It was right yeah, it was Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, oh uh-huh. it was. I yeah, saw you. Oh, yeah, it was right after you left. Center, yeah, because I was leaving. We uh-huh. like cross paths. Yeah, I was like heading to go pick up my little girl. <laughs> yeah. So like when you walked in this morning, I was like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, it was so nice to meet you. Yeah, thanks for And we wish the world to you and I hope that everything that you're doing empowers people and broadens minds of others and hopefully, you know, makes some small change that hopefully is a domino effect. Who knows where we'll be twenty five years from now, you know, because of what you're gonna be doing on LSU campus oh in gosh. November. I cannot thank you all enough, glittering gossip and this was especially Jennifer for your oh, like yeah. indelible kindness. I cannot thank you enough oh. for this for this time, this opportunity and everything. I really absolutely. appreciate it. Yeah. Thank Great. you so much for being here. Yeah, absolutely. All right guys, well another episode of Glitter and Gossip. In the street, but not enough to